on the Crimson Tide Sports Network. From Learfield IMG College, this is the Captain's Corner. Here are your hosts, John Parker Wilson and Rashad Johnson. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Captain's Corner Podcast. And it is. I'm John Parker. He's Rashad Johnson. How y'all doing? What's up, man? Long week, long off week, but we got it. It's here. It's number one versus number two. Bang, bang. Alabama versus LSU in Bryant-Denny Stadium kicking off this Saturday. Man, what an uh, amazing matchup. It seems like Christmas has arrived a little early. Everybody's been waiting on this date, um, and it's finally here. No more running from either side. Only preparation um, and opportunity awaits, man. So I just can't wait to get out and see what happens. But before we jump into that, man, the bye week and, you know, a little bit of time off. How was it for you? How, well, was, the, how was the, our the bye week, family? Our bye week was great. It was full of, you know, not like when we were a player bye week, but we just chilled. We really just did. Chilled. We did uh We did a little chilled. dancing, a little singing. Yeah. We just hung out this weekend, watched some college football. Watched the Georgia-Florida game. But, you know, we were just uh, just hanging out. Sounds like a good time. Y'all have any of that great U.S. wellness meats? We did. We got on the grill, yeah. fired it up. Um, I got the uh, I got a smoker in now, and I've also got the gas grill. So they're okay. working together in okay. unison. You got a little bit of different heat. You got some smoke. Chef Boy RJP. Some, <laughs> like that. You can be Chef Boy RJP also yeah. at uswellnessmeats.com. Bama. Promo code Bama. Save 15%. It's the easy way to do it. That's what everybody's doing. All the kids are doing it these days. They're ordering everything online. Getting it delivered to the house. This it, is Amazon of, 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 of barbecue. Meats. meats. I love it. 400 different options. Oh, man. Like I said, that's that's a ton, bro. And, mm. it, and it's amazing. It's so good. I tried some chicken sausage on vacation this week down in Orlando, and, and I hate to say it. I'm proud to say it. It wasn't as good. There you go. Yeah, the U.S. Yep. Wellness Meats was amazing compared to that. So if you get guys get opportunity, make sure you check it out, uswellnessmeats.com. But like I said, man, I was spent a little bit of time in Orlando, man. Okay, so you've got a two-year-old daughter, two, yeah, and, a half. How, two and a half. How was it? Because I'm petrified to even think about doing that. Um, It was it was last minute. The wife and I kind of had some plans that changed. So we said, you know what, let's, let's go grab our little girl and let's be spontaneous. And we ended up at Walt Disney and... I'm pretty sure I had more fun than she did, man. I was a five-year-old. I sat in a teacup, a pink teacup, and, you know, and we spun around in circles and rode Dumbo the elephant, and I just... It felt great to be five again. It had to be good weather, right? It wasn't too hot. It was amazing. It was like 88... uh, uh, Like, late at nighttime, it was like 75. Like, it was... It was per... For, it was the perfect 48 hours for, good for sure. you that's good yeah. she'll, and i'm sure she'll remember that forever so. she will yeah fireworks frozen balloons things like that Did you see the like princess house the big thing right yeah yeah we What's took it called a, the big the, I, I don't know the magical castle i guess okay. Okay. I, I guess i need to learn that with my little girl but we took her to see uh princess tiara yeah. and um and the princess from tangled with the yes. long hair yeah don't know their name i'm not sure either but she, but she loves her and i felt like a great dad i felt like i won the award that weekend Good for you man thank you man that's My what i thought you are a great dad too, you're, you're, sure. you're a great dad great parent so it there's no doubt about that but now we're back to action what we all are here for exactly one verse two like i said we got a lot to talk about rashad we got some injuries yeah we got some suspensions we got a little trash talk going on we got offensive firepower. So something this this series not we haven't seen a lot of, of of two offenses like like this coming out of the gate. We're averaging a lot of points on both sides of the ball. So usually, you know, it's a defensive struggle. But right now, Alabama 
is themselves averaging 48, 48 points a game. Yeah. Well, First. LSU's averaging 46 points a game. So we're talking about one and two in offense in terms of scoring, man, S- SEC and, and uh, college football in the country. Uh, so we're expecting a high-scoring game. A lot of people are on both sides of the ball. Um, but like you said, let, let's let's tap into a little bit of those injuries and, and how that's going to factor into the scoring aspect. I know, you know, here – here at Alabama, Miller Forstall um, out for six weeks. Yep. Which you know what happened to him? So, so I saw he had he had surgery on his yeah voice box voice box. So it was it's the strangest injury ever. Like, I took a hit or something to the voice box and had to have surgery and can't compete for another six weeks. Like it's just the strangest injury ever. Surprising that doesn't happen more. Yeah, you if would you think, think it, about it. Yeah, that's kind of like the only exposed area between your neck and your shoulders with the shoulder pads and everything. And if you and I haven't seen it, but if you think about it, it probably happened when he was getting slung to the ground or yeah. somebody else has got like a foot and heel coming back and hit you. That had to be painful. I can only imagine, man, like, You've you've been hit in the throat before, you know. <laughs> but yeah, don't give me <laughs> don't make me clap. <laughs> but man, I can only imagine how that felt. And you know, we wishing him a speedy recovery. But now that changes the aspect of the game. I think a little bit in terms of outside run game. Yeah. You know, with Miller Forstall, the play action off of that, he was a huge factor for us when we got down in the red zone. His his number got called a lot on those outside zones, kind of throwback plays to him. You know that he scored a couple touchdowns on late uh, early on in his season. So I think you know those are some wrinkles and some things that are going to be a little bit different. And also now having to bring in Chris Owens and you know and and Randolph to play a little bit more tight end as well, the big body. No doubt. So Miller Forstall on this season had 12 catches 131 yards three touchdowns yeah all red zone all red zone number two major Tennyson had three catches on the year only 21 yards one touchdown so red zone so all of the production has gone away from the tight end room and yeah. one of the things that we've been doing a lot lately is running what we call 12 personnel yeah so one running back yeah. with two tight ends and the trend of the past couple weeks has been Miller Forstall in there along with a Chris Owen or a Randolph right. to come in and really say, okay, we can we can block them up with seven guys, so right. five offensive linemen, two running or two tight ends. Mm-hmm. Maybe Fullerstall could slip out. Maybe they could both block. We've seen a lot of play action, you know, the deep post with a crosser over top. So now I think it changes up things a lot. Yeah, it does. And like you said, because you don't have that guy, that Miller Forstall type guy now that comes in and can run that route and and sneak out when we're not trying to – we're showing them a big person there, bringing in Chris Rowland, bringing in Randolph, and they're thinking run, run, run. But we can easily play action off of mm-hmm. it because we have another tight end in the game. Now you don't have that factor, and it may turn into more of a rundown. Or for us, I mean, it may turn into more of just a four wide, a ten personnel game to where now we play Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, Henry Ruggs, and Jerry Judy – and go without a tight end this whole game and, and play more of a spread out type game, which I wouldn't be surprised to, that we did that because now it allows two as a quarterback when you spread the defense out and you have four receivers on the field, whether that's three by one or two by two, it forces the defense a little bit more to show your hand. You right. can't really disguise as much. You can't really hold your coverages. And if you give a guy that's as smart as he is and as cerebral as he is, and a chance to identify See what everything. you're doing. Yeah, he get a chance to identify what's going on on the defensive side of the ball. It's only going to make his decision-making quicker and get the ball out of his hands faster and force him not to have to, you know, if that leg is an issue, force him have to not have to move around in that pocket as much because he's catching and he's releasing because he knows yeah. where his matchups are. I mean, that's a good point you say about if you go 11 personnel or, or four wide outs, yeah. spread them out, 
it is easier for a quarterback to see because now the safeties have got to be a little more decisive in what they're doing. Right. And the linebackers have to be more decisive on showing their blitz because Correct. they've got further to go. If the if the if Jalen Waddle's in the slot and he's five yards removed from the tackle, now that linebacker's got an extra five yards to go to get home. So good. So he's got to get started a little. I always liked as a quarterback too, just spread them out. I mean, mm-hmm. when we go bunch, you can't ever really tell what they're doing, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. You it's got totally safety true. down there. Yeah. You got you gotta let linebacker. it all unfold a little bit before it happens. Right. Yeah. The only thing though of doing the eleven personnel, we, we've gotten we've gotten a running game going. Najee Harris, the past three games really had hundred yards against A and M. Yeah, I agree. Over hundred yards against Tennessee last week. He only had eighty six, but had the two touchdowns. Averaging six yards a carry, if I'm I mean, not mistaken. He he's he's running the ball really well. And I think that is because Forrestall and the tight ends have become much better blockers. They've improved more than anybody, I think, up front in a blocking scheme because they, they're blocking better. So now we're getting bigger runs. So another thing that we're gonna have to look at is okay, if we do spread it out, now we're gonna are we gonna have to become one dimensional in the passing game because we're gonna give up the run. Yeah, I, I guess in a in a sense it, it may happen that way, but you still have some of the similar runs that you can get because a lot of times, even though we go, you know, the typical twelve personnel and we have two tight ends on the line with you know uh, Miller Forstall or Chris Owens, you know, say we were to go ten personnel now, we're still kind of running the same tight runs because we're we're not doing that on the center, we're doing it from the pistol look, so we still can be in a ten look and and be in pistol and and run our guys in jet motion and fake the handoff and run us you know zone read outside it's, it's still some similar runs that you can run of course you don't get the the typical powers and downhill runs because there's only so many five linemen there it's not the same type of blocking scheme that you typically get with a with an end of the line of scrimmage run but there, there's still some run game that can happen and we still can can move the ball in that factor but I, I like the aspect of us you know going out spreading it open and, and giving you know two of the opportunity to be able to, to diagnose the defense and then also be able to see if Grant Delpit who is a very special player for LSU. Yep. I mean, he's an All-American, Jim Thorpe nominee, but he was injured. He has a lower extremity injury, a uh, lower leg injury that he had last uh two weeks ago you know didn't practice much last week but they're expecting him to play this week but you spread him out now you can really identify and find this guy and upstairs we can see hey is he really is he really 100 percent, or is he someone that we feel like that we can attack are they trying to hide him you know so when we get in that four wide receiver look now it becomes hey let's just count the box we got four receivers they got five guys in the box shoot let's run it they get six, seven guys in the box. Let's throw it out on the perimeter. Let's play one-on-one football, kind of what we did early on with Mac Jones two weeks ago against Arkansas. If you watch the game, you know Jerry Judy comes across on the sh- on the shovel pass, the yep. re- the quick you know jet sweep, or they throw the bubble pass off of it. Just small rhythm throws, three, four yard passes that are that are becoming huge plays that are just like tall sweeps. So I, I like the the four wide look. You know, if we don't have the uh, opportunity to be in twelve like we want to, I still think we're able to push the ball. And, and and score points and be able to be that rat, that race car type offense that we've been all year. Well, I think one of the things that you just talked about was Sarkeesian has become he not become yeah. he is really good this season. I agree. And spreading the guys out. I mean, Jerry Judy. I think it was the first pass completion for Mac where he was the inside guy on the bunch. Yeah. And we ran. I think it was a little fake toss and then a shovel pass underneath him. So that's something yeah. I've never seen before yeah. from anybody, much less an Alabama team. So. What we're doing is we're saying we've got our matchups that we want. We we Jerry Judy they've been taking them away. 
this game against Arkansas, this past game, he came back seven catches, went for over 100 yards. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that was was Sarkeesian of finding ways to get him the ball. To get him the ball. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Because you know just as well as anybody, on Sarkeesian's play sheet, which if you can zoom in from the stands or maybe ESPN can zoom in, I guarantee you that there's somewhere on there that has a Jerry Judy package, a Henry Ruggs package, Waddle package, all these guys, Devontae Smith, of just different ways, hey, we need to get Devontae the ball. Here's a play that basically ensures him getting the ball. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm, I'm sure that that's the case as well. I've never looked at it or seen it, but just with those caliber players and the skill sets that they have, you're definitely designing plays during the week to how do I get on the ball? How do I put him in a position to be able to make a play? Because typically, like you said, Jerry Judy is normally an outside receiver. That means he's playing the number one position at the receiver spot, the furthest guy to the outside, closest to the boundary. So normally he's either gonna he's going to be on the ball a lot of times if he's playing that position and as a defense when you see that guy out at number one it it, it limits the things that he can do and it allows us to do more double teaming and rolling over the top in our coverages if he's in that spot but like you said Steve Sarkeesian moving him around now places him instead of at number one puts him at number three this is a different position. He's normally not in this normal location. So as a defense, now we're looking and we're trying to find him. And when we find him, at that point, we're trying to decide, you know, how do, how do we double him? How do we make this call work to where we're not singling, you know, our other guys on the outside in some type of blitz coverage just because we're trying to double Jerry Judy at number three. And it, so it doesn't allow you to run the typical defense that you want to run. And you got to leave that guy kind of in a one-on-one matchup and hopefully he can hold his own on that play. And, and as we saw, you know, last week with the jet sweep, you know, he takes it and goes, you know, nine, 10, 12 yards. And then the bubble pass it from number three, he scores a touchdown on because he's with a lesser defender in open space who can't make that play. So, I mean, that's, that's where the matchup happens. And, and that's the specialty. I think that Steve Car- Steve Sarkeesian has done, you know, this season in terms of moving guys around and making sure that he puts them in the position and calls their number. And, and when he calls these guys number, man, he, he's not calling any number that's wrong. Yeah. No, there's not. And he's done an unbelievable job. But I think what you just talked about was I think the biggest matchup this game is going to be Dave Aranda, the LSU defensive coordinator yeah. versus Pete Golding. Because mm. one of the biggest things is our guys really move a lot, around a lot. Yeah. And LSU, to me, seems like they have those more traditional res- positions where yeah. Chase is the X, Marshall's the Z, and then Jefferson comes in the F, and they're kind of not in interchangeable parts like our guys usually are. They, yeah. they, 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 the X typically is going to be your best receiver. Right. The F's going to be the guy that's more of the slot, shifty, Move around. runs good routes, can understand defenses, runs a lot of slants, and then the Z is going to be kind of your big, your big play guy. And I think LSU kind of fits that mold a little more of being more traditional and hopefully more – predictable for for Pete Golding yeah that's what I was gonna say you know when you you have guys that that sit in those positions like you said you know Jamar Chase is normally the X and Jefferson's normally the F the move around guy Uh, when when you place guys and and that's typically all they play and that's the only position they play uh, a lot of times they do become a lot more predictable Mm -hmm. Um, so I think you know defensively that would give you an edge to understand that hey if Jefferson is is at the X now, we know something's up. He's out 
of he's out of position. He's out of a, a spot that he typically plays these past you know seven eight weeks that we've been watching film. So something's up here. Um, but they come back and they put him in the traditional spots, and you can expect those traditional routes, those traditional things that you've seen them be successful in uh, leading up to this game. So I definitely think you know that gives Pete Golding a little bit of the edge as well in terms of just game planning and understanding what he's going to get from the other team because they haven't disguised what they what they want to do. I mean third down this team goes empty third down they're like 85 90 percent empty five wides they want to see what your hand is they want to see what you're doing and they're going to try and attack you in certain positions based on where they're putting these certain receivers so right. I, I totally believe that they they give a little bit of of a, of a niche there a little bit of their hand showing you what they're trying to do um but it's going to be left up to us to be able to notice it Make the checks because that's huge as a defense. We're a check-oriented defense and get us in the right calls when that happens. And Justin Jefferson, you might remember that name, Jefferson. His brother played quarterback, Jordan Jefferson, from 2008 to 11. His other brother played safety, uh, graduated in 2016. So this man is an LSU family. Justin Jefferson, the 6'3", 192-pound junior. He's leading the team right now, 55 catches, 819 yards, leading the team in touchdowns too. So, like you said, though, when you go empty, you're looking for guys like Jefferson that can get open and know know what's going on. Yeah, exactly what they're doing. They're looking for, like you said, for Jefferson, and they're looking for the matchup issues. When, when you go empty versus the defense, a lot of the times you, you get a chance to – the defense has to show their hand. I, if I go five wides, the defense has to show me what they're trying to do before the ball is snapped or they're not going to be able to actually run the coverage or do what they're trying to do. For instance, say if we're in cover one and I have a tight end out at number one the, for this receiver, if we're in cover one, I'm going to see a safety or a linebacker body on him. Now that shows me that the receiver is aligned up here. My matchup is probably more outside. But if I come out in the corners on the tight end out wide, now that tells me that the defense is playing more of a zone. Right. So now I, I have to know that my receiver is going to hook up in this zone or he's going to have the matchup versus the Mike backer here and try and run some type of double move out pivot route whatever it may be versus that zone to beat him but it shows their hand and I, I think that's you know a huge factor in this game you man third down and being able to win third down defensively for either team because if you look at the stats LSU offensively on third down they're 50 percent on third down which is second in the SEC and sixth in the country and then if you scroll right down to our offense, we're 55% first in the SEC and second in the country. So that shows us that we have two pro- prolific offenses on third down that know how to keep the chains moving, know how to stay on the field. Um, so defensively, are we going to be able to get some stops and what team is going to be able to get those stops to get their team back the ball and keep the other team from from uh, marching down the field? I think that's going to be a huge factor in, our in defense, determining this win. Both defenses are pretty evenly matched also. They're both about 33 34% on third down stops for the defense. Yeah. And I you know watched I watched the Georgia Florida game this weekend. I'm sure a lot of people did and that was without question to me watching the game. Jake Fromm was unbelievable. Yeah. Literally like oh my god, I can't believe he converted that again on third down. They finished 12 of 18 on third downs. And goes to show you Florida only 2 of 9. So okay. less than 20% and Georgia had so much more opportunities because they were converting those third downs and getting chances to extend the drives. If you win third downs, you're you're going to win the game. Totally. The, the only, there's only one more thing important than third downs, though. 
Yeah. Turnovers? Turnovers. Yeah, buddy. And we have done a great job. When I say we, the University of Alabama has done a great job of turning the ball over here this season. I mean, we're first in the SEC and, and eighth in the country in terms of turnovers. We're, we've gained 18. Eight fumbles, 10 interceptions. I know when you look at this Bama defense, a lot of people say, man, we're, we're, we're really, you know, subpar to what, what we say we want to be. We want to be top 10 in the country overall. We're 16th in the country. Um, but we're making strides each and every week. And I think the big thing about us, the big emphasis for us, is that no matter how many yards you get, no matter what you do on offensively for against us, that we've been able to cause turnovers, and those turnovers have led to points for our team. And, okay, so I'm going another comparison stat. Okay. How more evenly matched these teams are. Bama's <laughs> only given the ball away five times. That's first in the country. Yeah. LSU's only given the ball away eight times. Wow. Second in the SEC. Second in the SEC. Bama was first in the SEC, not first in the country. Same. I mean, SEC is the best team in the country, so it's the same. I agree with that. Best and I'll tell you what, though, I'm having these flashbacks right now of interceptions against LSU. Oh, man. And turnovers against LSU. Talk to me about 2008. Ah, oh, man, it was uh, unbelievable, Three man. Three interceptions. Death Valley, where dreams come to live. Uh, you, you damn right. They yeah. Do. I like that. Place. Yeah, they come to live and, and, and continue to dream on, huh? Two it in was, the regulation. I remember the best one in overtime. Yeah. We. L- or I guess we win the t- coin toss. Yeah, LSU gets the ball first. Yes, and then Rashad was it the first play? It was uh, it was it was the third down play. So it was the third play to drive. It was a play that I've seen multiple times early in the game. They were running this sprint out, kind of come back with number one and number two on the seven route uh, on the sprint out play. I was playing middle of the field. And you're taught middle of the field coverage, quarterback sprints, I sprint. That means, you know, everything is going that way. Uh, I was on the backside hash. I see Jared Lee take off on the sprint, sprint pass. And mm-hmm. Brandon LaFell is running a vertical, man. And I just take off running to the back corner of the end zone. Like, I literally just run towards it. Balls up in the air. Uh, I, I look at Hive. I wink at him and tell him I got his back all in the same play. And just come over and make the play, man. It was just phenomenal. Crowd's going crazy. Of course, their crowd isn't, but our crowd yep. right behind our bench is going unbelievable. And we capture the SEC West, man, and we Two, well, we, we get we back get, on top. We get the, we get the ball back, and and the great they, back shoulder throw. Let's throw the I mean, that was, that, was, that was before back shoulder was kind of the thing. You were doing back shoulder before back shoulder was hot, and then we snuck it in a couple plays later. <laughs> it was a pretty good game, though. It was unbelievable game, man. It was by far. Uh, one of the best games and atmospheres I've ever been a and part look, of. And look, that's kind of been the series. And ever Every since, year. around then, LSU, Alabama, it depends. The winner of that game is usually going to go to the SEC Championship. It's yeah. going to win the SEC West, had the chance to play whoever's going to be the team of the East. And that, that year was our first year back to the SEC Championship in a long, long time. Right. And I think, that obviously, this game is no different. One versus two in the country. You know, they, they called the game in 2011 the game of the century that ended up LSU 9, Bama 6, and this year has got to be the game of whatever they're going to call it. But we got two Heisman hopefuls squaring off. It's going to be just – it's going to be, you know, like we said, the, the president of the United States is coming. It's a big game. College game day is here. Nobody's had more appearances on college game day than we have. So continue with that streak of just – Continue to pile it on, man. It's, it's unbelievable. And like you said, I mean, we got, you know, so much firepower in this game this week. One versus two. The Heisman hopefuls, Joe Burrow, Tua Tonga Valoa, um, just uh, just a 
the history of these two teams, you know, Coach Saban, former LSU guy, now at Alabama, so many former, you know, Louisiana coaches that was a part of that staff now here at Alabama. You know, we get so many players from Louisiana, they're here at Alabama. Like, there's so much, you know, deep root into this, this, you know, new rivalry that we have that's been going on, you know, since this era started. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm expecting, like you said, game of the century, clash of the titans, like, something very spectacular to go down in Brian Diddy, man. And I'm, I'm excited to to be a part of it, to get a chance to be on the sideline and call this thing and, and, and see it, you know, truly come to flourishion, man. Um, but, but, but watching it, you know, and, and studying it, you know, like I said, I go back to the factors that I believe are going to be the key factors in who wins and loses this game is going to be third down conversions and, and turnovers because, you know, this guy, Joe Burrow, um, he, he, he's, he's not just some rinky dink off the corner. I mean, we go back and we'll go and, and give you a little bit of history on the games that he's played this season and how well he's done. He played Auburn, uh, who has a, a, a fantastic defense, completed 76% of his throws for 321 yards and a touchdown. Um, that was against Auburn and then against Florida, which was a great team as well. 78%, 328 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, this clash of the Titans, and we know what Tua Tonga-Valoa can do and what he's done this whole season, but, I mean, he, he's not he's he's not walking into here fearful. He's walking into here very confident, you know, Bingo. and, and that's and the biggest thing as a quarterback well, to have. I've said the thing that's different about this LSU team, yeah, they've got a great quarterback, but they're playing with confidence on offense. Yeah. They've always had the confidence on defense, but now they're coming in saying, we know Bama's got some good wideouts. We've got wideouts that are just as good. I got the stats right here on – our receivers compared to theirs. Bama receivers, 121 catches, LSU 120. Mm. We've got 19, uh, 1,916 yards receiving. They've got 1,901 yards receiving. So wow. we've got 15, 15 yards more. on them. <laughs> we've got 23 touchdown catches. They've got two more with 25 touchdown catches. And we're averaging 15.8 yards per reception. Guess what they're averaging? 15.8 yards reception. <laughs> Sounds like the same team. And we know how much – we haven't <laughs> seen LSU, as LSU like we've seen Alabama. We know the confidence we have. It's like, right. okay, Alabama's going to score on this drive. Just how quickly is it going to happen? Right. They're playing with the same exact confidence. Yeah, same exact confidence. And like I said, I think, you know, they're playing with the same confidence on offense that we're playing with. They're high-powered, just as, as high-powered as we are, 46 points, 45 points. The big – Emphasis here is which defense is going to play with the most confidence and who's going to get in their rhythm the fastest to have those those hidden plays in the game. You know, uh, Anthony Jennings, he, he does it every week. He has, you know, a couple batted passes on third down that gets us off the field. Those are hidden plays that don't go down in the stat sheet. But in a big game like this one, it matters. Like that one third down that, you know, the back was wide open and he batted a three-step drop down and we got off the field. That could win or lose this type of game. So I think those type of plays are going to be huge factors in, in who wins and loses as well. Just those hidden plays that don't go down as, oh, man, that was a huge interception or what a call, great cause fumble. No, that was just a batted down pass on third down by a smart player that knew he couldn't get to the pass. But got us off the field. But got us off the field. And, and it was – the biggest play of the game so I could see some of those things coming in, in into play in a, in a big factor but I want to go back to you and ask you a question quarterback wise you know I was just sitting here thinking about LSU and, and then as a defensive guy and on third down like I said they're 85 90 percent they like to go empty for you as a quarterback defensively would, would you prefer me to bring pressure 
against you in third down versus empty, or would you prefer me to drop back and play coverage, or, or does that matter? Just depends. Well, it depends on the down to distance, right? Yeah. So that's why we always talk about you got to be productive on first and second downs. Yeah. Because if you're second and four or you're third and four, it doesn't really matter if you blitz and we run a hot route, we're right. still expecting so, to get the first down. But right. if we go empty on third and eight, well, what the defense is trying to do is saying, hey, we're going to blitz you, and we're, you might even complete the ball. That's fine, but we're going to tackle you before you get to the sticks. Yeah. Um, so we always talk about first and second down, being productive, even if we have a run that's that's a zero gain, that's better than losing yards because you want to stay on schedule and have a chance to get it on third down. Mm. And um, you know, one of the things that does scare you when you go empty is having to throw it hot. Not from the sense of, well th- – they can always bring one more on defense than we can block. Exactly. You just got to know where it's at and know how to beat that. And if they, if we have to throw, you know, for example, we have to run a quick out route for the for the third down conversion and try to get it up. If we've got a long eight nine yards to go, it's probably not going to pick up the first down, right. and then we're going to have to punt. So yeah. for for the defense, it's not about making the big stop or the big the big sack. Yeah, that's great. It's just getting get the, the ball field. Back. Yeah, no difference than batting the down. They're designing those blitzes to stop it underneath the chain. So you got to be good on first and second down. Mm. Um, but then, you know, you got to change it around. So they, the defensive coordinator doesn't know when and where to blitz from. Right. So good. Because, you know, we might be able to keep it back in and you bring a field blitz, but we're picked up. Yeah. But if you bring that boundary blitz, then we've got to throw it hot. Right. So it's always. You know, yeah. remaining chess match, there. chess match, and remaining unpredictable for offense on trying to pick it up where we do do have time to drop back and throw. And with Tua's injury, how much does he play? And if he does, how mobile can he be? Yeah. A lot of times, a quarterback, I'll know they're bringing a field blitz. Well, I can kind of give ground and retreat a little bit mm-hmm. and be able to dunk it off and still buy myself some time. So if he's got an injured injured right leg, can he move away from that blitzing guy to get some more time? We don't know. We'll see, and that's why Coach Saban keeps saying he's a game time decision. Yeah, and I, I mean that, that that matters a lot. And what we know from our guy Joe Burrow is that you know he can make those plays with his legs. Right. I mean, it, it makes him not only is he accurate and cerebral, you know, he he's great outside of the pocket and running it and throwing it. You know, the, go back to that to that to a you know Tonga Valoa, you know, lower extremity, you know, uh, ankle injury. If he doesn't play offensively, you know, do, do we see anything differently, or, or do we see what we saw last week? I mean, I thought the offense last week looked, you know, similar to what it's looked every week. Yep. You know, we're getting into our playmakers. Mac was making great decisions and letting those guys do what we do. You know, is there something different that we do that if Tua doesn't it doesn't go? No, I think you've got to run the offense. Yeah, one of the things that Tua does really good is the run pass option game, and he has the long ride mm-hmm. and his his release and his movements are so quick that he can. He can allow the receiver to get deeper downfield to get more separation and then throws an accurate ball. So we didn't see a ton of RPOs from Mac. So how how good can he be in the RPO game? Yeah. Reading and making the right decision. Right. Because our guys are going to get separation. Right. So the RPO is so huge. It's huge. It makes that linebacker step up. It does. You know, he has to respect it. And for Tua, it's been able to open up down the field passing games and everything else. So our defense our offense is really built around that play action run pass game. But for Mac, one of the best things I saw for him was good decision making. Mm-hmm. Sarkeesian was able to call some shots downfield, mm-hmm. and and trust Mac that Mac wasn't going to throw an interception. There was two times I remember where Mac intentionally threw the ball away. Yes, one in the red zone. Down, one in the red zone it's where huge. where the, the just because the offensive coordinator calls the down the field plays, he's got to trust the quarterback that if it's not there and there's 
a 50-50% chance that it's not going to be there. you got to take care of me and drop it down. Yeah. And when Matt can do that and he showed it, then you could continue to call those plays and run your whole offense. So yeah. I think that with that being said, for us to be able to win the game, if Tua doesn't play, you've got to run the whole offense with Mac and just trust him that he can get it done. Yeah. Because I've seen him just as much as you. I think he can get it done. Yeah, I totally agree. Definitely think he can get it done. I mean, he had a great week last week, you know, only four incompletions. Well, two weeks ago, over 200 yards, uh, three touchdowns in that in that game that he came out. But I thought, you know, he just got more confident, you know, each and every every drive that he was out there. Um, so def- definitely have tons of confidence in, in him being able to, you know, get the job done if that's necessary. And the more that I, I sit here, I'm still thinking about this empty on third down, man. And I'm like, they go empty that much on third down, you know. And I'm thinking, shoot, with with Terrell Lewis coming on, <laughs> the way that he's been coming on here this My season, exactly. Um, yeah, you may want to leave somebody in there to help chip that guy. Chip it, exactly. Because yeah. <laughs> when you on third downs, especially Terrell Lewis, guess what? Yeah, it's sack time. No doubt, that motor is running, and I'm coming, and boss. I'm coming. He's getting back there. And so what we do on offense is we try to either let the tight end give a little chip, exactly. get some of that rib bone mm-hmm. on the way out to slow him down and help out the tight end, or let the running back stay in and help out the the, the tackle also. Right. If you got five wides, that that. That's it. Tackles we're, on an island. We're one on one now. So I mean, that somebody's getting a one on one block. Either Anthony Jennings or Terrell Lewis. I'll one of those guys. Of those. Yeah, I mean, same here. I'll take that one on one matchup all day long with either one of those guys who who are you know older guys who understand the game at hand and, and know exactly where they are in, in in the down and distance, the situations, and they're and they're they're breathing, living, and waiting to make a big play. Like you know how you you watch games. And, you know, there's these big time games and you have these guys that, that, that you you come to the game to watch because, you know, they're going to make a big play. It's like, you know, Dion on Sundays or, you know, when you watch the NFL, I play with, you know, the honey, the honey badger, you know, just Julio. Like, you know, they're going to like Anthony Jennings and Terrell Lewis like this season. They're going to make a big there play guys. at some point. They're they're game wreckers. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they go out there and, and, the, and wreck the game for the Rick other shop. I tell you what, what's. Stop. What I just noticed. Drop. So when we got Terrell, shut him down. Open up shop. Oh no! Don't stop! Don't stop! Huh? Don't stop! First I had him like, <laughs> now they like, why, baby? That's how Rough the, Riders for the, roll. For the kids, this is DMX. DMX if you didn't know, you Rough Riders really, and a lot of the kids don't My know who that is. Gonna, y'all dogs gonna drop, and God, then that's we go high school right there. I know, man. We, so good. Yeah, throwback. Mm. Okay, one of my dogs. That Patrick okay. Sertan. Is you know a who's dog. a dog too that doesn't have a sack all season? Talk to me. I just know I, Raekwon Davis. Wow. And mm. I think he's having. He probably had. I don't know how many sacks he had last season. Right. But three quarterback hits, uh, one and a half tackle for a loss. I, that is surprising that he doesn't have a sack right now. But I think he's having a great year. We're talking about defensive people not showing up on the stat sheet. Yeah, he he's one of those guys. I mean, if he's not, you know, in the backfield. You know, wrecking shop, taking on two blockers. You know, he, he's putting pressure to get that ball out of the quarterback's hand fast. He just hasn't, like you said, he's missing it by a step. And I think what he's done a great job of as well is allowing these young guys to play behind him. With Christian Harris, yeah. Shane Lee, you know, you got two freshman linebackers playing behind, you know, a guy that's six, seven, three 312 pounds. He's going to take up some space. He's going to take up more than two one blocks. blocker a lot of the time. So he's allowing, you know, Christian Harris to have these 40 tackles and five tackles for a loss that he has and Shane Lee to have the 50 tackles that he has. You know, when you have guys that are 
taking up those type of blocks and on early downs on run plays, you know, it, it, he's effective even though it's not showing well, in, and, in the stat sheet. And now sheet. he he really lined. He's listed a defensive end. He's really a defensive tackle. He's a tackle. Yeah, you know, because Terrell he's Lewis playing is, a two hour three technique. So good luck trying to block Terrell Lewis and Raquan Davis on the same freaking side of the ball. Yeah, and now, now not to mention if we get our, our our guy the Philly the Philly fanatic Christian Barmore. I just fan get, favorite. Yeah, too. I know, right? The Philly fanatic Christian Barmore, man. And I mean, he's he's wrecking shop on third down as well. He comes in. You can use that on Saturday, by the way. You yeah, work the that Philly in. fanatic. To the broadcast. I got to throw it in there. Got I got to. it. Yeah, we've named you Christian Barmore. You've been. I think that's the first nickname we've had for anybody. You yeah. get the X man, but that's kind of given, right? Yeah, I, I I like the X. Yeah, he's the X man. I mean, he's the X factor too. So, uh, Philly fanatics. Yeah, fantastic. Philly fanatic. I like that one too. Appreciate it, man. We can get better. At this you got to work it in Saturday. Let's, let's name somebody else. Hey, this is a chance, too. J.P. Wilson, 14, Rashad Johnson, and Rashad Johnson, 26. If y'all have got any nicknames for for our guys, let us know. Yeah. We, we want to work it into the broadcast on Saturdays. Yeah, and we'll give you a shout-out. To a Man. You. To a Man is kind of his Instagram. To a Man. His handle. Um, <laughs> so let, let help us out. That's all I got right now. Philly Fanatic is definitely the best one we got, though. I like it. We're going to rock with that one. For sure. I don't so even the, know what we were talking about. That was just so good we had to stop. We were just talking about creating sacks by the Philly Fanatic, man. We're putting these guys out there and, and letting them rush the passer and get after it. Christian Harris, another guy playing, getting after it. Sideline to sideline. He is sideline to sideline. And I mean From Baton Rouge too. So I love Louisiana that. Louisiana guy, like you said. And then a huge aspect is since we're on the defensive side of things. We spend way too much time on the defensive side of the ball. But I, okay. I, I, I talk okay. defense, man. I you want to go talk? Let's talk No, offense. no, no. I like defense, too. I was just going to say, you know. I kind of lean more To defense. win this game. I know. Me, too. In order to win this game as and the this University is, this of And this is what I want to talk about. How, what, what's what's going to take to win? Yeah. What, what, do, what are we not talking about besides, oh, sure, we got to score, four, score 40 points just like LSU does. What's it going to take? We got to stop the run. Number one, we got to mm. win this game in the trenches. Because if we don't stop the run, we're going to be in trouble. Because I just told you, Joe Burrow is—he—he's he, not—he's not average Joe. He—he's a good football player. Um, and if you don't stop the run, now you've opened up the whole entire playbook. And as a defensive back or a linebacker, anybody, I'm playing every play. I don't play know actions. if it's run. I don't know if it's pass. Like I got to really be sound in my eye discipline and my gap control. Like I—it's a lot of things that goes on if I can't begin to predict what the offense is going to do against me. And the way that I do that is by winning up front. So if I can stop the run, which LSU has been great in the rushing game, 158 yards a game, which is which is pretty phenomenal, 10th in the SEC right now. But, I mean, that's still a lot of yards. If we can stop them from rushing the ball and force the, the game to be, I know we said Joe Burrow is a really good player, but if we can force his hand to say we know they're passing the ball, now as a defensive coordinator you call the game totally different because you know it is a pass. A lot of times when you're calling a game early on, you're calling calls that work versus the run and the pass yep. because you're you're really not sure what they're trying to do and trust that my guys can get me out of this situation regardless of what's going on here. But if we come out, stuff the run, begin to gain a lead through our offense and score points the way that we normally score points, and now we know they have to pass the ball, it, it changes the whole dynamic and you begin to call the game with a lot more confidence and, and a lot more swag because you're you're dictating to him what he's trying to do. And I, I'm going to piggyback off that. My key to win this game is going to be our, our secondary play. Mm-hmm. 
specifically, really the nickel guy, mm. Shaheem Carter, Xavier McKinney coming down, mm-hmm. covering their, their extra guys. Because like you talked about, how many, how often they go empty, how often we're going to have to go nickel and dime personnel yeah. where we've got to bring in Jordan Battle. We've got to bring in Patrick Sertan to play inside. So whoever that guy is, guarding Jordan Jefferson on the on – the, on the, not Jordan Jefferson, Justin Jefferson, whoever that is guy guarding him, it's going to be not a typical inside defensive back. Totally agree. And it's not, like you said, and, and what's been so great about our defensive secondary so much this year um, is that we've only allowed, you know, six passes longer than 30 yards and only one longer than 40. And, you know, LSU has given up eight more than 30 yards and two more than 40. So those are some big explosive plays that LSU secondary has given up and ours has given up a little bit less. So I think that's a huge part going into this game. If, if you're giving up passes and they're moving the ball – that's okay. 10, 12, 8, plays like that. But we can't 30, 40 big chunks. Th- those are going to be, you know, things that are going to gonna cause one team or the other to lose this game. And our secondary has so far done a better job at keeping a team from putting the ball over the top of our heads. They really have. And, and up there, so we've got a goal board on, you know, basically every team in America does. It's win the game. It's turnovers, it's third downs, and right up there at four or five is explosive, explosive plays. plays because it wins football games. No doubt. And, I mean, offensively, you know, explosive run, 10 yards or more. I mean, if you can get a first down on a run every time you tote the ball, I mean, that's a win. You know, and I think, you know, that's something that we have to make sure that we, we're consistent in slowing them down in the running game and then from there dictating how we want them to, to, to try and, you know, pass the ball to win this game. And from there we can make the right calls. We can adjust our defense to skies on the back end to try and give different looks to create you know a, a different atmosphere than than what you know Joe Burrow and his team is used to seeing I mean because he can be rattled you know against Auburn if I'm not mistaken he was sacked you know three times only gave up 23 points in that game you know that was that was a huge huge uh, emphasis because they were able to get to the quarterback but the only reason they were able to do that is that they were able to stop the run early on to to, to get into that situation. Man, it's going to be a good game. Great game. I, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I sleep the rest of the week. You're not going to sleep? you got to be ready to go, man. We need you on Saturday. You're right. I probably should Just sleep. a little cat nap, though. Yeah. Not too much. <laughs> I mean, we got a lot. We still got a lot, lot up in the air. Is two going to play? We don't know. Right. Uh, nobody's going to know until Saturday. Right. They've got Divinity out. Right. Their sack leader. Yeah, tackle leader. He's out. Um, Delpit safety, he's coming off injury. So right. how much is he going to be involved? Right. How much can he play? There's um, Coach Saban, former LSU head coach, won a national championship down there. So a lot of things talk about the secondaries, like you said, Trayvon Diggs, Patrick Sertan versus Christian Fulton and Derek Stingley. I mean, I think these four guys are are all upper echelon corners, you know, in the SEC who are all get opportunity to play on Sundays at some point. So I think, you know, who, which one of those guys are going to be the guys that, that can hold it down? You, you think there's going to be some scouts here on Saturday? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's going to be quite a few. They're, I mean, they're, they're already they're already in town. Oh, let's watch practice. Let's watch everything. They want they want it all. I, I, I somebody over it, under ten scouts here this weekend. I'm gonna take the over. Yeah, um, <laughs> I forgot how many press credentials. That were that were issued. I think it was like something like six hundred. So <laughs> wow. I don't. I, we've been in the press box. There's definitely not six hundred seats. That's like I say. Because I, I don't get one. 
They're gonna. Yeah, you do. You get a press pass for the sideline. How do you I, think I don't get a seat though. I'm just joking, you don't get a man. Seat. I'm, I'm just. <laughs> uh, we're gonna have press people up the spirals on the end zone. Yeah, it's gonna be wow. Food's gonna be really good again. I'm sure. That, that makes me excited. 600 people, presidential dinner. Like, it's gonna be pretty good. Well, man, if McDonald's. only you were the Grand Marshal. If only was the Grand Marshal last week, you could have all the inside access. Uh, no, man. They forget about us so soon, though. What have you done for me lately, <laughs> sir? <laughs> Three interceptions against LSU. Bang, bang. That's what I've Let's done. Let's go. Back to the top. I forget my numbers, but we won the game. That's all that matters. Yeah, your numbers are great. Let's I think look I know I had two. I had two. Um, rushing touchdowns because the first oh, one, oh yeah, I got first the one you got a penalty, fifteen yard penalty, undisciplined ass. I know, JP. Coach Saban, man. Luckily, we won that game, or my ass was walking back to uh, walking back. To <laughs> I know, right? And I think you were the only person that I've seen to get flagged. Them get flagged. For Somebody that. did it this year and didn't get yeah. flagged. But it's it's a new millennial. That was ten years. We were old. Then. I, I tell you what, though, I will, <laughs> like I never thought it was that bad, but I've seen some clips. I I drug it out about. Probably, but how many times three? did you get called that week? Like literally, a lot. I, I probably would have drug it out too if they had called me as many times. Over under, I don't know. I had to turn my phone off. I had to change the number. number and I had, to, had to do it. Had to do it. But it was um, it was fifteen, bro. Two fifteen. Yeah. And how two many Russian went, touchdowns? How many went to Julio? How many Julio have? Julio had seven. Seven catches yeah. for how many? One hundred twenty-eight. Mm. He had half of the receptions. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> Yeah, it was a big day. Well, Jared Lee had a big day too. Thirteen for thirty-four, one hundred eighty-one yards and four interceptions. Three of them to my man Rashad. Thank you for getting me drafted. Mm, I appreciate Jared, it. Jared, we, we send this one's out for you. Big game, big this game, week. man. U.S. Wellness meets promo code Bama for fifteen percent off your order. You ready for? Prime We're gonna nutrition? need it. Are you on a mission for Prime Nutrition? Yeah, we'll be serving a pregame meal coming out here. So our guys will be ready. It's Ethan Carabin, the producer, the engineer, he's ready taking care of us so we'll be back next wednesday um with See hopefully what this game is called man hopefully we're a winning report for what's going to be the rest of the season we got three games after this hopefully the sec championship and then who knows where we go from there make sure you tune in on all itunes platforms this is the captain's corner podcast it was we're, a pleasure we're on alabama insiders channel on all your favorite podcast platforms check us out on rashad johnson and rashad johnson 26 yeah for his instagram i'm jp wilson 14 this is the crimson tide network we'll see you next week roll tide roll tide this has been the captain's corner don't forget to subscribe rate and review however you listen the preceding has been a learfield img college presentation of the crimson tide sports network